The point of this episode is not to make you a tax guru. It is to get you familiar with the terminology you are going to come across as a high net worth Christian investor. And if you're not at that level, being aware of some of the options that will be available to you, I don't care how much money you make, you are eligible to take advantage of capital gains and dividends. You don't have to be affluent. You don't have to have two to 20 million. You can have 100,000 and still benefit from this type of information. Because when you know that you're only taxed at 20% max for capital gains income, it makes taking withdrawals during retirement 17% cheaper. And then in the future, it'd probably be even 19.5% cheaper. So let me ask you, when was the last time that you gained 17% in the stock market? Are you seeing how beneficial knowing the tax codes and investing can be for a Christian investor? The more money we keep in our pockets, the better stewards we can be. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Finance, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things, and my mom's favorite Christian Financial Advisor. As always, make sure that you subscribe so you're notified every time we release new episodes. And be sure to like and comment on this episode. It really helps with the podcast so we can continue to make great episodes for you. Now, we have been talking about taxes. And if you caught our last podcast, we talked about the graduated tax bracket. We talked about marginal tax rates and the average tax rate. If you haven't listened, go back because you'll need an understanding of those things when we discuss today's topic. But before you shut this down, you may be able to catch up or maybe have some prior experiences already with tax brackets. You don't need to go back, but I want to let you know that that was an option. So let's move forward. I am going to give you an example of how an advisor would use the marginal tax rate to help clients make better choices. So let's just say that you and an advisor are talking about year end tax planning. You both are trying to figure out if you're going to use accelerating deductions to reduce taxes for this year. Just for clarity, one of those buzzwords, accelerating deductions. Now, what that is, is a depreciation method that allows for the recognition of higher depreciation expenses during the earlier years. The key accelerated depreciation method includes double declining balances in some of the year's digits, which is considered SYD. But that's for another episode. For right now, just know the question is, should we use the tax advantages of future years and pay less now, which means we'll have to pay more in taxes later, or should we pay the taxes now? So this is not a question you can just answer. So we will look at the marginal tax rate and see if mathematically it makes sense or not. Now, I think this is a good time to mention that when you are planning your finances, even if something makes more mathematical sense, how you feel 
is a better indicator of what choices you should make. But as a financial advisor, it is important to give you your options and not a directive of what you have to do. This is your money. And at every point, you have the power to choose. Us as financial advisors are just here to present the best option because the best option for you personally may not be the best option for you mathematically. You know, giving an extra $5,000 to your child may put you into another tax bracket, but if your child needs it, you're going to do it. Am I right? Right. So let's get back to the scenario. So what should you do? Well, we should look at the marginal tax brackets of this year and the next year. Well, we're going to make some projections about next year. So you have, let's say in this year, $700,000 in taxable income, which is not usual, right? You've had this huge influx. You've had a great year. You exercised a non-qualified stock option. And next year, you're expected to make around, let's just say $175,000, right? So that's a difference of about $525,000 of stock and income that you have accumulated in this single year. And without getting into the details of capital gains yet, let's just say it is ordinary income for easy numbers. Okay. So with $700,000, you have reached the maximum marginal tax rate of this year and the projected marginal tax rate for next year is 24%. Okay. So once again, if you didn't listen to our last episode, you understand what marginal tax rates mean. That means you reach that bucket of 37%. Now, how much did we say last podcast? How much of that 700,000 is going to be taxed at 37%? $6,250, right? So if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the other episode. It's going to explain why you're not paying 37% or $700,000, okay? So with $175,000 projected for next year, you have 24%. So now you have this between the 37 and 24% of 13% difference. 13% is huge. If we keep the same brackets, every dollar in that 37% tax bracket, you are only receiving 63 cents. That's a big chunk to lose. So if you made an additional hundred thousand or you exercise an extra hundred thousand dollars, then you'll be losing thirteen thousand dollars. OK, and when I say losing, you'll be paying taxes on that amount. So by addressing this scenario, the conversation is not restricted to how much you have to pay, but how can we somehow reduce our tax implication? You know, in this case, an advisor would look at your alternative tax minimums. And according to Investopedia, an alternate tax minimum places a floor on the percentages of taxes that a filer must pay to the government, no matter how many deductions or credit the filer may claim. So the United States currently has an alternative minimum tax for taxpayers who earn above a certain income threshold. So in most cases, as a high income earner, as yourself, you are familiar with ANT filings. Also, you may pursue opportunities to defer additional income from this year into next while accelerating deductions into the current year. So what that means is 
let's say it's the end of the year, it's December 15th, and you've exercised some stock options. Instead of exercising them all this year, you may decide the following year to execute the rest. So that comes January or February around that time to exercise those options to reduce the amount of taxable income in the current year and put those in the following year. Are you following me? Perfect. So just remember, the ultimate goal is to get your adjusted gross income or AGI as low as possible and delaying income into future years may help you do this right or you know accelerating deductions into this year so do you see how knowing your marginal tax rate can help you make more strategic decisions when it comes to your wealth and preserving it because when you're making those executions you go oh, oh my gosh if i execute this stock option this year it's going to push me from the 24 percent tax bracket and push that remaining 200 300,000 into the 37 percentile i don't want to do that so how much can i exercise now how much can i exercise later to make sure i'm not losing that 13 and 26 thousand dollars just trying to get the money within a two-week period you know it's so crazy but two weeks can be the difference between 26 and 28,000 plus dollars when you're talking about such a high income. And, and remember this, in most cases, an advisor can run a marginal tax rate analysis without reviewing the whole tax return. This becomes even more important when large inflows of dollars come into your possession. Now, whether it is exercising stock options, uh, restricted stock units, vesting or a windfall like an inheritance or winning the lottery. That's why you need to keep an accountant close and an advisor who can overlook the transaction and have fruitful conversations around them. So in this example, what should we do? Well, technically, there is not enough information to make a decision. But my point with this example is that there is a decision that needs to be made and you have options. You don't have to just settle for the fact that you're in the 37 marginal tax bracket. There are tips and strategies that you can save thousands, but you don't know what you don't know. But by engaging with a financial advisor, they will be able to find those little nuances that can potentially save more money than you would have made in the stock market that year. Think about it. If they can save you literally 13%, who's getting 13% in the market, especially in these markets, right? It's 2022 leading into 2023. Making these strategic plans can help you in the long run. So let's do a quick review of the graduated tax bracket that we learned in the last show and finish with discussing capital gains and the roles that they play. So if you listen to the last show, you know that the tax bracket is broken up into seven brackets. 10% bracket, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, and 37. I'll repeat those for you. 10, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, and 37 um, percent for tax years beginning in 2018 through 2025. And each rate is applied to different levels of income. You can check with the IRS.gov to see the income levels as they are this year, because I think after 2025, the highest tax bracket is going to go up to 39.5 as it stands today. 
but that's why I'll leave a link below because I don't want to give you numbers that are not going to be applicable by the time that you go research them. Okay, I want to give you the resource in which these numbers are coming from. So please keep that in mind that these tax brackets are usually adjusted annually for inflation and depends on how you file. So it's going to be different if you file single. It's going to be different if you file married filing jointly. It's going to be different if you file married filing separately or filing as a widow. Right. So let's move forward here. Special tax rates and rules apply if taxpayer has capital gains or qualified dividends. There are other things such as kitty tax, but there is going to be discussed in another episode. As we talked about AMT, additional taxes such as alternative minimum taxes and advanced payments of the premium assistance for health care coverage can also be added to your tax liability. But once again, that's another conversation for another episode. Just know that what you see is not always what you get. I just don't want you to believe that once you make your ordinary income, that's all that there is. There's other variables that help you make financial decisions. And the AMT is one of them. Um, the kitty taxes are another one. You know, the assistance for health care is another one. So don't just take this advice in a vacuum. It's going to depend on other things as well. But we just really want to give you the basics. So think about this here. The AARP actually has a form 1040 calculator. You can use it. All you need to do is look up um, form 1040 calculator estimator and enter your numbers and it will help you get an idea of what you may have to pay in the upcoming year because you're probably thinking well how do i project into next year how do i know how much i'm going to make well you just basically take your base pay you know add in a couple of variables and then they'll give you a nice little projection usually it's not too far off a lot of people aren't making a huge jump from 150 to 900,000 in one year. And if they do, definitely they're gonna have a team to, to work that out for them. So you don't have to do that on your own. So now that you understand these brackets, so let's talk about these capital gains and qualified dividends because you are a Christian investor and that's what you really want to know about, right? Because you're in the market, you have stocks, you have bonds, you're receiving capital gains and you are receiving qualified dividends. So now you understand why I was talking so much about the marginal rate, because if we didn't talk about the high 37%, soon to be 39.5% income tax brackets, we would not appreciate the capital gains and qualified dividends tax breaks. And I think your life is going to change. And if you're already doing this thing, great, but I think you're going to have a greater appreciation. And if you're not, you're going to understand why investing and using that income from capital gains and qualified dividends is one reason the rich continue to get richer. And guess what? You can too. So as an investor, you get some special treatment. Well, your money gets some special treatment. You're already special, special to me. <laughs> now, when it comes to income, there are some ways that capital gains and qualified dividends are taxed different than ordinary income. So you may be subject to different tax rates when you receive these capital gains and dividends. And as I said before, you're on the right side of this tax code. So depending on the taxable income of the investor, the tax rates can be zero, 15 and 20 percent. A far cry from 37 percent just by getting income from long term capital gains and qualified dividends you get this 17% benefit on the income that you get to keep 
and it doesn't get taken by the government. So if there's any reason to invest your money, this has to be one of them. I mean, 17%? Now there are some other forms of income that have special brackets. They are also less than 37%, but not as low as the capital gains and qualified dividends, but still worth noting and taking advantage of. But what I want you to take away from here before we go forward is that look at that difference. What can you do with 17% more in your, your bank account? If you said reinvest it, you'd be right on target. Can you imagine investing an extra 17% of your income back into your investments and what that would yield and just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Think about the compound interest and how much more money you would have than the person who just tries to save it. We're going to talk about another tax advantage. It's called the unrecaptured 1250 capital gains. It's taxed at a maximum of 25%, but subsequent gains is only taxed at the long-term capital gains of 15%. So Right off top, once again, we get 12% off, right? A 12% discount, right? We pay less taxes there. And then we also can go down to as low as 15% as well. So that's awesome as well, right? So we're looking at almost 22% there difference. So let me give you this, this quick example. If a property was initially purchased for, let's say, $250,000, okay, we're going to do some even numbers here. Um, I don't want to lose you because this is audio. We don't have a whiteboard. So, so imagine that you get a property, you bought it for $250,000, and you as the owner claim depreciation of $50,000. So the adjusted cost basis for the property is considered to be $200,000. Your initial purchase price minus the depreciation value, right? So now your adjusted cost basis is a flat $200,000. If the property is subsequently sold for $350,000, you as the owner has recognized an overall gain of how much? The difference between the sale price, which is the 350, and the purchase price, which is 250, of $100,000 over the adjusted cost basis. So since the property has sold for more than the basis that has been adjusted for depreciation, the unrecaptured section 1250 gains are based on the difference between the adjusted cost basis and the original purchase price. So we're looking at $50,000, right? Because that was the amount that we depreciate. So that makes the first $50,000 of the profit subject to the unrecaptured section 1250 gain, while the remaining $50,000 is taxed at the regular long-term capital gain. So with that result, $50,000 would be subject to the higher capital gains rate of up to 25%. The remaining 50,000 would be taxed at the long-term capital gains rate of 15%. So if you don't get that on the first listen, you could play it back. We'll probably be talking about this type of taxation during another example. But what the key takeaway I want you to have here is that when you get the benefit of depreciating an asset and you sell that property for more than you're going to be taxed on the part that you're depreciating. OK, so you got to pay taxes on that. OK, and that's all they're saying. It's like, listen, 
you know, you've already claimed a depreciation of 50,000. We just want our taxes on it because you gained that back. So even though the property depreciated, you still got paid back for it. So we want the taxes on it. Okay. So let's keep going. 28% is taxed on gains on collectibles as well and qualify small business stocks excluded under gross income. And 3.8% net investment income, the NIIT, may be imposed if the modified adjustment gross income exceeds a certain threshold. So be sure to check with your tax professional about those. Now, just for reference, the capital gains and qualified dividends are calculated on Form 1040 on Schedule D, and the net investment income is calculated on Form 8960. That's a lot of information, isn't it? It is. And I know we're talking about capital gains and some of us may be lost at this point, but I want you to listen to this episode again. That's one. But two, I want you to understand that there are other strategies other than just giving your money away that can help you reduce your adjusted gross income and also save you on taxes. And one of the biggest things that we want to talk about was the capital gains is that that difference between being charged at 37 percent and 26 percent and being able to get something as low as 20 percent is amazing it's wonderful you know that's why i said before it's not all about making money but keeping money in our pockets this episode was very very dense with information compared to my other podcast right but remember i told you before I want to try to make this fun. I kind of want to make this educational, but I also want to give you the details necessary because I trust you. You are a very intelligent person. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't. You'll be scrolling by and you'll be listening to a podcast that talks about relationships or something like that. Something that's super easy to understand, but that's not what's going to make you money. That's not what's going to make you successful. That's not what's going to make you rich and righteous. You're here because you want to be rich and you want to be righteous. And it takes education and information, the same information that you said that you don't have access to the same information that people believe that's being hidden by the government, the same information that people think that nobody wants them to have so they can't be successful. It's here. It's in this episode. You didn't get on the first listen that I said before. Go back and listen to it once again. So the point of this episode is not to make you a tax guru. It is to get you familiar with the terminology you are going to come across as a high net worth Christian investor. And if you're not at that level, being aware of some of the options that will be available to you, I don't care how much money you make, you are eligible to take advantage of capital gains and dividends. You don't have to be affluent. You don't have to have two to 20 million. You can have a hundred thousand and still benefit from this type of information. Because when you know that you're only taxed at 20% max for capital gains income, it makes taking withdrawals during retirement 17% cheaper, and then in the future, probably be even 19.5% cheaper. So let me ask you, when was the last time that you gained 17% in the stock market? Are you seeing how beneficial knowing the tax codes and investing can be for a Christian investor? The more money we keep in our pockets, the better stewards we can be. If you avoid paying 17% to the government, you can give your tithe and still keep 7% more in your pocket than a normal investor who doesn't know these tips. You know, it says in Titus chapter one, verse seven, for an owner as God's stewards must be above reproach. 
he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. We're not greedy for gain, but we are aware of the money that we can save by making prudent decisions. I say this all the time. You can't make decisions about things you have no knowledge of. And I hope that this episode shines some light on the subject. It is almost the end of the year and some of you are preparing for your taxes. This would be a great time to open the conversation with your accountant and your tax preparers. You know, we believe in you. You know, that's why you're listening to this podcast, because you want to be a good and wise steward of God's wealth. And I want to thank you for being so diligent in that process. I hope that you've been blessed. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, to comment and to share. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go to www.abrwealthmanagement/podcast and join our family. And wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can follow us and be notified whenever we have a new episode. And as a thank you, we'll give you a free gift on our website. If you need help building your financial plan or want a Christian financial advisor to help you be a better steward of God's wealth, the information to speak with one of us will be given right after this show. So with that said, I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance himself, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.